Welcome to Healing with Worth, a podcast dedicated to healthy recovery and instilling hope in the wake of betrayal trauma. We are women who have experienced this intimately and want to offer hope to other women. While we may interview professionals on the show, the content should not be taken as therapeutic advice and is not meant to replace therapeutic healing. If you would like to join one of our free online worth groups to help with your betrayal trauma, you may find us at healingwithworth.org. All right. Welcome to Healing with Worth. I'm Naomi. I'm Janine. And I'm Cherlyn. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. We hope that you've been enjoying the podcast and we would love for you to consider donating to the Worth program at healingwithworth.org. Currently, we have a wait list for women seeking help, so your donation allows us to offer hope and healing to women who've been experiencing betrayal trauma. Today, we have on our podcast, Amy, who is teaching our new Worth YSA course that is offered through Life Changing Services. Currently, Amy lives in the Austin, Texas area. She and her four children moved there about two years ago when she got remarried to her current husband who has three children of his own from a previous marriage. Now, prior to that, Amy was married for 18 years, but due to her ex-husband's addictions and abuse, she and her children left and moved to be next to her family in Arizona. And while in Arizona and surrounded by her family and amazing friends and Ward family, she began her own healing journey and recovery from betrayal trauma. It was there that her good bishop gave her the first book she would ever read about pornography and its effects, which led her to a greater desire to understand this growing plague and even stronger desire to help other women in similar situations. It was during this time that she came across life-changing services and knew instantly that she needed to be a part of this amazing organization and program. She has since had the opportunity to be a worth mentor and under the direction of The Worth director, Alana Gordon, she wrote the new Worth YSA course, which she teaches with our amazing couple of uh, amazing other coaches, Hallie and Ashley. She is a betrayal life coach with Choose Recovery Services and is also in the process of being certified to become an eternal warrior coach. So welcome, Amy. Thank you. So glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you on the podcast to talk about this new program that you're teaching. So I'm curious, what was the book that your bishop shared with you that began your healing journey? So it was Sitting in a Rowboat, Throwing Marbles at a Battleship. Oh, that was one of the first books I read, too. I don't know. What about you, Naomi and Carolyn? Yes, that was the first one that was so <laughs> eye-opening. I was like, what? How have I not ever seen this until now? I've actually never I've actually never read that one. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I, my, I need to put it on my list. <laughs> my sister recommended it to me, actually. So, yeah, that's a, a very good first book. It It is very eye-opening. Yeah, I'm very fortunate that he had um, read that for himself and done some education on his part to give that to me. Cause at that point I honestly had no idea that pornography could even be an addiction. I had even less of a clue that if, you know, escalated, um, it could couple, you know, abuse 
abusive behavior. So it was a massive aha moment for me. Um, definitely the beginning of my journey <laughs> too. It's amazing that a bishop was enlightened in that way. Because well, <laughs> yeah, that hasn't been my experience. So right. Yeah, I had, um, yeah, I've had some pretty insane experiences prior to that with leaders, but uh, he, he's been oh, a godsend to me and my children. So it was definitely a miracle. <laughs> well, good. We wanted to uh, you to come on the podcast to talk about the new YSA course that you're teaching. Yes. So we have a couple questions and kind of the first one is uh, we'd like to find out who the course is geared towards and kind of tell us what's the purpose behind the course. Absolutely. So I, this course, uh, it's geared towards single women, 18 and up. However, we do have a few 17 year olds who have already graduated high school and have mom support. And these women, uh, can be dating or engaged to someone while dating, uh, while taking the course. Um, and the purpose of the course was really to help educate and empower women educate them on what healthy and unhealthy relationships look like, what the different levels of intimacy are in a relationship, um, learning relationship skills and understanding what pornography addiction is and what that looks like, um, you know, and how this plague has changed, honestly changed the way that we date. Um, so it's really, you know, I feel when we gain knowledge about this, that it allows us to make better decisions for ourselves with like eyes wide open, right? Uh, it's not a doom and gloom class. However, I really want to make make sure that everyone knows that, you know, one of my favorite parts really about each class is we, um, we have the education part in the beginning and we call the second half Awaken Your Warrior. And this is where we have self-improvement and empowerment topics that are really intended to build up the women and help them to create that healthy independence uh, and value system. Yeah, I love that because I feel like if I was looking back at my journey, if I was more independent, I feel like I would have had a better chance of being in a relationship with somebody. So I feel like that is definitely, the class seems very helpful and I love what you're doing. So how long is the course? So the course is about 12 to 15 weeks long, um, and it just rotates, just like most of the other Worth courses. And uh, you can find the link to register on the Worth website under Worth YSA. So that's how you register as you go to Worth YSA, and that's how you can sign up for the course. Correct. It's pretty and easy. Right now, we have, right now we have a Sunday evening class a Tuesday evening class and a Thursday um, mid-morning class. And those are the three options right now. So, Well, I wish something was offered to me like this when I was dating. Boy, do I. And I can kind of, I can kind of bemoan about it, but then it's like, I have a daughter, so I can now empower her <laughs> with knowledge and information. And so I'm sending her your way <laughs> one of these days when it's time. Awesome. <laughs> I have my daughter in it. I mean, I, even though, you know, I'm her mom and I can teach her everything that really is um, what I love about it as well is that it isn't a group setting. 
And so as we are going through the course and teaching these women the topics that we kind of have outlined, what I'm finding is such a beautiful aspect to this is the women bringing their own experiences and asking questions that others might not have thought to ask. And so that group environment helps tremendously to educate and inform and also empower. We have women at different levels and stages and circumstances. And so I think that adds to the um, the, the beautiful learning that, that happens. So one quick question. Is it for people who have never been married or for people maybe who have been married and then divorced and, and are single? So it really was written for women who have never been married. Uh, I, we are actually, um, we're actually finding that the majority are in serious relationships or engaged. And so the, t- the questions that we're finding that they are asking has led us to want to have kind of more of a YSA too. Uh, so the women who are in these relationships, the situations are, are a little bit different. The questions are a little bit different. So we're going to invite them to join the YSA two, which will be on Sunday night here in a few weeks. Um, that allows them to maybe process a little bit more. And so uh, that that's coming. Um, I did have a woman who was married divorced and joined the class to learn the skills. And I highly recommend that um, because again, like we talked about, these tools and skills are something that I think all four of us wish that we would have learned. Uh, so it's, I highly recommend it um, until, and I'm in the process of writing another course for women who um, are have been divorced and are navigating that and navigating how to date again post-divorce. Because there's a lot more that goes along with that, um, some more topics, some more tools, some more processing. So that'll be coming. But until then, I highly recommend this course. That's great. I, I, yeah, I agree that I wish I would have had something. I feel like I was just so young and naive and just thought that everything would work out. <laughs> um. So you talk about, um, so the, the difference between, you know, the course that you're working on now and the one that you, the one that is already set up through YSA. So what are, what are some of the topics that are covered, um, in the current course? So the course starts out with a basic understanding of pornography and what addiction is, uh, we talk about what the difference between love versus lust is and how those who struggle with unhealthy sexual self-mastery will have a hard time comprehending the difference between love and lust. Uh, We cover the different levels of intimacy. And honestly, many have not been taught or realized that intimacy is not just about sex. It's comprised of many different aspects that when we um, understand and apply in a healthy way, it creates amazing relationships where when you then add the healthy sexual intimacy into that, I feel like it's just this beautiful bow that ties all the other intimacies together. Uh, I think one of the most anticipated topics, uh, we talk about is how to discuss pornography with the one that you're dating. And we discuss that around lesson seven. Uh, We talk about boundaries 
and learning to recognize abusive behaviors. But as I mentioned earlier, each lesson ends with topics uh, in our Awaken Your Warrior, such as learning to recognize the difference between promptings from the Holy Ghost and Satan, the power of discernment, uh, anchoring to God, anchoring to your own values, self-worth, self-esteem. And of course, I love the concept of packing your wagon, which you and Maurice uh, just talked about in last episode, which is amazing. We talk about faith versus fear and so on. So, you know, and then we invite them to work on these specific tools during the week. So we cover a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. Those are all great things. I think I think the boundaries is is a really integral part of I mean, that's something that I'm trying to teach my kids now is just teach them boundaries because I feel like that was one of those places where I, I struggled so much in the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's great to start practicing now when some of them aren't in relationships. And so we encourage them to practice with their family and friends and people at work, with bosses, coworkers. We have opportunities with everyone around us to create healthy boundaries and because it really is about us, you know, and, and what we want for ourselves and for our lives. And I think it's so valuable to have them start practicing this now uh, before, because as we all know, boundaries take practice. There's such an ebb and flow with that. And I love the idea of these uh, women practicing before they get into a relationship, that concept. Absolutely. I love it. Now you mentioned that you have some um, younger, maybe a few younger, like 17 year olds that, um, that are in there. And, and I guess my question is, cause I feel like when I was a teenager, I felt like I knew everything and I, and I felt like nobody could tell me something that I didn't already know, you know? So do you feel like, do you feel like that age group really, um, really learns and really, um, absorbs the information that you're sharing? It's honestly individual because I relate to what you just said, hence why I got married at 19. Uh, Same here. <laughs> no regrets, right? I, I honestly, the the women that I have in my class, I could not be more impressed with. They're incredible ladies and have amazing self-perception Um and self-awareness, they, I've been very impressed. I think if any, which leads me to the, to the topic of payment, right? They're paying for this course. Many of these younger women are either in college, single, and so money's tight. And that holds back a lot of women from joining the course. However, we do have some that have help from parents, but I know Maurice believes in this concept. Um, when you invest in yourself, there's a different attitude that comes with the learning. And I highly, I wish I understood the principle and the value of investing in yourself and in gaining knowledge. And uh, the women who put in the money to invest, they are mentally there. So to answer your question, they are absolutely engaged. They're absorbing it. They're doing the challenges. Uh, they, I see it being applied to their everyday life as they, we do our check-ins the following week. And I'm so utterly impressed. 
and in awe of their maturity level. So I think the women who are interested, you know, hearing about this course and saying, oh my gosh, that's what I need. But perhaps when it comes to forking out the money, they stop and then they don't do it. I would really encourage and invite them to understand what that looks like to invest in their future, in themselves, because it goes along with the concept we were talking about. How can you feel prepared to be married and um, have that interdependence if you don't create your own independence? And that means investing in yourself in every area. So this to me is one of the best ways to gain that knowledge. It's not being taught. And even, you know, as I'm a mom, I have this knowledge, you know, life gets in the way. And I know how I was with having my parents tell me things. It's that whole, what you were saying earlier. I know, I know. (laughs) I don't need to hear you, mom and dad. So there is a lot of value of having someone else teach these concepts to you. So I just, as you can tell, I get super excited about it because I just think, oh my gosh, this is amazing. (laughs) So It is amazing. It is. Yeah, I love that. So tell us what that conversation or how you encourage women to have that conversation about pornography. When when does that happen in a relationship? And what does it look like? Yeah, so I I love this uh particular suggestion. Um we definitely encourage them to have it sooner than later. And as we go, as we talk about the different levels of intimacy, um, you have the verbal, cognitive, and emotional. And we suggest that that conversation happens in that emotional um, intimacy, because that's when you're discussing the past, what's made you who you are, right? So, So having these conversations, you want to understand their past, what's made them who they are. So it's a perfect, perfect time. And it's honestly about around date four or five. And many women are like, oh, that's too soon to have such a heavy topic. But I think the majority of us women fall to that emotional intimacy quicker than maybe we should. (laughs) And so we get attached quicker than we probably should at this point. And we all know what it's like to invest time. We have no problem investing time into a relationship time into other, you know, a man. Uh, And so when you put this conversation off, the longer you put that hard conversation off, the, the harder it is to honestly separate the emotional part and decide what is really best for me right now. Is this good for me? Because then you get into the whole, oh my gosh, I don't want to end it. I've spent so much time. I've invested in him. I don't want to hurt his feelings. And our minds just go kind of crazy at that point. So really, honestly, asking this question right up front when you haven't invested as much emotion, emotional intimacy into this relationship allows you to still think with that part of your frontal lobe. And um, and so one of the best ways I think handling that is, is letting them know that you'd like to have a conversation about their past history with pornography, but that you don't want to have that conversation now. You'd like to give them time to think about how they want to answer. 
And maybe we can talk about this next week or, hey, maybe we can talk about it maybe in a couple days. I'd love to set a time where we have this discussion. And major- most often men will want to just say, oh, we can talk about it now. I'm good. I-, I haven't had a problem with it. Or, no, I'm, o- I'm open. I can talk about it now. Do not, I suggest, not allowing them to have that conversation right now because it takes, as we know, that disclosure process takes time. You will never get 100% disclosure from anyone that first time. So really giving them an opportunity to think with that frontal lobe and decide how they want to answer is so important. Things will come to their mind. They're going to start sweating if it is a problem. And honestly, if they don't show up to that date that you have set, great. You've just saved yourself some time. So I love this approach. And then when you do have that discussion, we go over kind of maybe what that looks like. We have an amazing session with uh, where we invite Luke Gordon to come and talk with them and give them from his perspective what recovery looks like. They're allowed to ask him those questions. Okay, well, if I ask him this, what is a healthy man or someone who's in recovery, how would they respond? So amazing, amazing a gift to have Luke uh, willing to join us for that. That adds to to kind of how disclosure happens. So, but that's one of my favorite, I think, suggested ways to approach this. Are you single? Worth YSA is for single women of all ages. Empower yourself and eliminate fears that can come with dating in a world where pornography is increasingly pervasive. Worth YSA is a 12-week class for women 18 and over to learn about how pornography affects relationships, what healthy recovery looks like, what healthy intimacy consists of, warning signs of abuse, red flags, setting healthy boundaries, and more. Head to HealingWithWorth.org to enroll. I love how you talked about um, emotional intimacy, like before they before they really get invested emotionally. And something that popped into my mind when you were talking about that was um, physical intimacy. I had um, taken a class where it kind of talked about that a little bit, where when you when you physically get involved early, it's really hard to separate anything at that point because that physical connection makes those emotions so much stronger and makes it really hard to see red flags, to see anything else besides that physical relationship, you know? Correct. Yeah. It was something I experienced. (laughs) I related to it. So it's just why I was like, Oh, there we go. (laughs) Well, and that's one of my favorite topics, honestly, to teach um, is the different levels of intimacy. I feel like this topic creates such a beautiful foundation for healthy relationships in general, because we start out by recognizing that real intimacy comes with knowing who you are first. So knowing that boundary, knowing that, oh my gosh, if someone just touches my hand, my, my, (laughs) my (laughs) go crazy. And then I can't even think about verbal or cognitive or emotional intimacy. And so knowing that about yourself helps you set that boundary. And now you are going to say, you know what, there's zero physical contact until I can establish the verbal, cognitive, emotional, and have those things set before you know, I, I, um, I go to that physical, but 
um, which there is a difference between the physical and sexual. But you really, you know, most of you have heard that breakdown of the word into me see. So it, it really starts the idea of how, how can you let anyone see into you, see your thoughts, hopes, dreams, fears, um, et cetera, unless you yourself know what those are first. So I love that by sharing, I mean, by um, starting out with anchoring to God and looking through his lenses um, allows us to see ourselves as God sees us. And then we can create that value system for ourselves that is in line with how God sees us um, and what's best for us. So I, I absolutely love teaching the different levels of intimacy. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's really good information and something that I'm trying to work on with my kids, with my daughter, my oldest, at least right now. And I think I'm at that point where I'm her mom. So <laughs> it's like, I'm so glad that this class exists because when she gets to an age where she's ready for it, I'm going to be like, all right. <laughs> Go have Amy talk to you. I can't do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, not that I can't do it, but that it will be taken better from somebody else than from mom. <laughs> exactly. I find it quite the phenomenon that we do not, or it's very difficult for us to listen to our parents. I know. I mean, what is it? I don't know. About and, then you, that? and then you get to that age where now I'm always like, mom, tell me what to do. <laughs> Right. Now you're willing to listen to her. Exactly. It's that teenage independence. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So tell us what you teach about what a healthy and an unhealthy relationship looks like. I mean, you kind of described some of the things. Is there anything more? Um, I, yeah, I think again, healthy relationships, you know, start with being healthy yourself, um, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Um, this does not mean being perfect, uh, but it really means striving to always become that better version of yourself through Christ. Um, having self-compassion, lack of self-judgment. But I think right now we're just practicing every day to become. Many uh, women have what Maurice calls that psychological porn, which is when we believe the idea of a happily ever after or that soulmate Uh because it creates this false representation of what a healthy relationship should look like. So I, I think, you know, healthy relationships start with, with yourself. And what are some of the red flags that you warn the girls to keep an eye out for? Uh, All of the attributes that we talk about uh, in what real recovery looks like will be your guide to, to red flags. Uh, transparency, empathy, vulnerability, humility. Um, Marie says, if you ever feel like a blow up doll, that's a red flag. Uh, the, um, <laughs> what does he anyway. mean by that though? What does it, what does it mean? <laughs> well, so if you feel like you are, your body is being used. If you feel like you are not present, if you feel like they are not present with you, they're, you're being used for your body. They don't that, see you as a human being. You as a human being, that objectification. Um, you know, if it scares you before the wedding, plan on it hitting five to ten times worse after the wedding, right? It's just sadly, it'll get worse, not better. Uh, you know, so just 
recognizing, I, I love that I mean, knowledge is power, right? So the more we understand, the more we gain knowledge about ourselves, about what we want, about what our values are, I think that's when the spirit really can give us that power of discernment. So it's easy to want to focus on the details of what an addict might look like. What is he or is he he doing? What is he saying? What is he not saying? But I really truly believe the focus is on what we want for ourselves and listening to that spirit. That's why one of our first Awakened Warrior lessons is that power of discernment, practicing what it means to listen to the spirit. And I think that by far is the best tool that we can utilize when we're trying to sift through uh, the dating process is listening to the spirit. I guess one thought I was having while you're talking is, I guess thinking back to when I was young, I didn't really know who I was. Like I knew what my, my family's values were. I knew what my church values were, but I didn't really know like what my values were as a person. I feel like I grew up thinking, you know, everyone told me you're just like your mom, you're extroverted, you're, you know, and so I grew up thinking, well, that's me. But it took me a long time to realize that those act, I'm actually introverted, you know, I'm, um, I am different than my mom. So how do you encourage girls to, I think it's very challenging during that time to individuate. And I feel like that's why we don't want to listen to our mom sometimes is because we're trying to become an independent person. So how do you encourage girls to, um, you know, to, to develop their values that you've talked about? Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, it's a great lesson that we have on that. Hallie does a beautiful job teaching that one. I love listening to her, but I, it's practice, right? I think that as we, which is, which is why I have a hard time with the quick dating, quick marriage. Uh, you know, the twenties are such a valuable time to practice learning our values, uh, having experiences that life will teach you. You know, when we go through life and we think we believe a certain way, but it really isn't until we get ourselves into some situations that force us to identify what we really do believe and what we really do value. Um, you know, I love that I, I personally am a mom that, that makes my children get jobs, um, especially by the time they're a junior in high school. And for one of those reasons is that when they're forced to get out of your home and deal with other human beings, people and um, have these opportunities, they're forced in a, in a healthy way to have experiences where they're like, oh, whoa, wait, what do I, what do I value here? What do I believe? And so I think by practicing and through life's experiences is one of the best ways. So when you don't have that time to become independent, when you go from dependent to what you think is interdependent, but it's really codependent because you have a lot of time of being independent. I know I just said a lot of dependence, but um, really that process, I have come to realize how valuable it is to have time practicing independence. That's when you will learn really what your, your values are. 
But even now, as you know, a four-something old woman, I'm still practicing that because life is what teaches you over and over. <laughs> yeah, I love that because I feel like the more we can step back and let our kids be independent, they'll have a better chance of growing into that. I've like with my older kids, I was kind of a helicopter mom and was trying to protect them. And now with my younger kids, I've learned that it's better to let them get out there and fail so that you can walk them through the process, you know, and help them rather than to protect them and then let them fail when they're on their own. You know what I mean, so I love that concept. I'm one of those moms that I, I actually pray that my children will have opportunities to fail while they're with me because I look at it like this net that they still have. And I'd much rather them fail and learn these lessons when I can catch them than when I send them off into this great, big, crazy world and they fail and they're affecting other people by their you know choices and consequences in, in a much more negative way. So I, I definitely pray for those opportunities. Um, it's, it's a little scary to, to pray for something because you know, God will do it. And, um, and he has, <laughs> but I, I love that idea of allowing them, like you just said, to fail while, um, those failures are fairly minor. And if you're not a healthy mom yourself, it's going to be hard for you to be able to walk them through, you know, recovering from that failure if you're not healthy yourself. So that's just one other reason to, to strive and invest in yourself. Beautiful point. So, yeah. Yep. I love that. Oh, I'm just going to ask if I'd be interested to find out about your dating experience after you divorced. <laughs> what was it like? You know, I'm because, you know, I grew up, I dated at a time when we met people, you know, and so I'm just wondering, like, how did you navigate that? Did you do online dating? Just share some of your thoughts or experiences about that. Oh, my heavens. I don't know if we have enough time. I <laughs> That was the most insane. Yeah, I hated it. I absolutely hated hated the idea of having to date because like you, it was like, this is not my idea of dating this online business. I'm going to not what it used to be. No. And this is where I apologize. I, this is where my language wants to just kind of up the ante. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it clean, ladies, but it was insane. Um, I really fought it for a long time. I'll be honest. I, I had some really great suggestions for God as to how he could put someone in my life. I mean, it was like, just bring them to the ward, have them show up. Got to the point where me and my kids, like anytime they would announce, you know, a new, um, a new member of the ward, we'd all like look to the back to see who it was. Is he single? Is it a single man? (laughs) (laughs) My idea of like a great easy way to just get this thing, you know, get this ball rolling or my sons play baseball. And I was like, all right, Heavenly Father, I got a great idea. Just have a single guy bring his son to play baseball. We'll have the bleachers. We introduce each other. Like, come on, that would be great. And unfortunately, Heavenly Father did not like any of my ideas, which I will ask why at one point. But no, um, really, I I avoided the online thing like the plague. And when I did do it, uh, it was awful. There are some real creeps out there. It was scary at times. <laughs> I had some pretty uh wild 
experiences with dating. I had a lot of one uh, first dates, no second dates, a lot of them. But uh, oh, I think, to be honest, um, I just didn't mess around, you know, meaning I could pick up on those red flags right away. Uh, I, I did date someone for about three months. And I did ask all the hard questions, um, you know, such as if you struggled with pornography or masturbation. And um, I felt he was transparent about it, but I, and I didn't see any signs that he was currently struggling for the first few months. However, it was that third month, um, which really, gosh, stick it out at least 12 weeks, right? Um, but it was that third month that I really started to begin to see some red flags. Uh, we were long distance dating and, um, and, you know, yeah, I, it, trying not to get too detailed, but I, I think it takes some, someone to be very courageous and faithful to act at that point when you start to see those red flags. And it, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it cause I can relate. It was hard, especially when you're a single mom working with children, like managing kids and then trying to date and invest that time. It's really hard to let that go. But at that point, knowing what I want, um, I had worked really hard to become healthy myself and valued my time and valued myself. So I say it took courage, but it wasn't that hard to say bye-bye. Well, it sounds like maybe you were leaning into that trusting your gut. Oh, instinct. Yeah. And that's one of the lessons that you teach in this course. And so, yep. you know, that's what it comes down to. What What is involved in teaching young women about trusting your gut? We say it to them all the time. Ashley, Hallie, and I are constantly saying, trust your gut, trust your gut. <laughs> what, what does that mean to them? Right? What is you that? Know, at at a 19-year-old, what does that mean? I mean, do you even know? I know. And again, practicing, right? It's practicing what what your perceptions are. It's becoming in tune with, uh, so the most, most of us feel it kind of in our stomach when you're just kind of have that I don't, I don't know if I've met anyone who hasn't walked into a room and can pick out that creepy guy. You don't even have to talk to him. But you just kind of get that feeling in your stomach like something's wrong. And I think that's that's the first um, kind of analogy that we use with them to tap into that what that might feel like because they all can relate. Oh, yeah, I have felt that. So now just pay attention to that. Where do you feel it? Where do you feel it in your body? And then look for it. Recognize it. Honor that. And that, again, takes practice. But when we get into relationships and you're dating and you're now again, throwing yourself into this relationship where you're with each other all the time, I love the idea of dating, but dating with breaks. So you go on a date or you're with each other. You start to get that point where you're with each other regularly and then take a couple days off where you just don't talk don't text, you don't see each other. And that is when you align back with God again. That's when you can start processing what's been happening on your dates. That's when you'll start listening to your body, to your mind, to your thoughts. And you might have that feeling in your stomach of 
when you recall a conversation or you recall a comment he made. Maybe he made a comment about your body and that comes to your mind when you are in that break anchoring to God moment. And that's when your gut can tell you that's not okay. And so that's when you listen to that. But when we throw ourselves into the relationship so quickly and start to become one immediately, that's just not healthy. And you start to lose that ability to listen to your gut, listen to yourself, listen to the spirit. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I think it, um, just thinking back, (laughs) I just think back to my own experience and I just can't imagine going through that process again, just trying to, even, even in this process of, of working on recovering the relationship, that time, you know, that separate time is that same thing that you were talking about. It gives you time to center back to God and to really um, evaluate, you know, how things are going, you know, how are you feeling? And um, so I think that, that, that gut instinct applies to wherever you are in your life and your circumstances. So absolutely. And those women who have been through divorce and are, you know, healing, and then they try to wrap their head around that concept of dating. I think if you are feeling overwhelmed at that thought, then you're not ready. If, if dating again creates anxiety, then you're not ready. And that's okay. You do not need to be ready. I love that I took time. It was about, what, four and a half years or something after um, to being single. And I am so grateful to have that good amount of time because I underestimated how long it would take to heal from betrayal trauma. I underestimated the the length of time I needed to find my worth again to keep practicing and regain that trust in myself, trust in God. And I loved honestly being single. I loved the power that I was able to feel from packing my wagon again, all of those beautiful concepts, you know, rediscovering who I was and finding out what I was capable of in the midst of, of trial and in the midst of hell. I was, I love that empowerment that I gained from, from being single. So dating myself was the best. (laughs) Is that what you call it? Oh yeah. I love dating myself. (laughs) I did. I took myself to the movie. I took myself to nice restaurants, (laughs) sat there by myself. It was awesome. It was scary the first couple of times because I felt like such a nerd, but, um, it's one of my favorite things to do. I still, I still date myself. I'm married again, but I still be like, sayonara. I'm out of here. Gotta go and with me. <laughs> I love that. Well, it's that, it's that form of self-care, right? Like it really comes down to that form of self-care. Like you're just taking care of yourself. And yep. I think that's a beautiful concept. I enjoy dating myself. <laughs> I love it more than any other dates I've ever been on. Right, it's so nice. You know, maybe that'll change. I don't know, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My family used to chide me a little bit when I say I'm going to go to the movie by myself, or I'm going to, I want to go to a cruise by myself, and they're like, by yourself. I'm like, actually, I'm my, I'm my own self's best friend. You know, it's like, <laughs> those, it's hard for them to kind of 
also let me be myself because they always wanted me to be the mom or the, you know, or the, the wife. So I think it is important to invest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on our podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love being here. I love officially meeting all of you and really getting the opportunity to talk about YSA. Uh, I, it has been a blessing in my life to teach and to see these and meet these amazing ladies that are in these classes. And of course, working with Hallie and Ashley, who are incredible women to work with as well and add amazing insight to, to the lessons. Um, I just cannot recommend it highly enough to, to women to learn, to empower. It's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Again, we really appreciate you being open and sharing your experiences and everything that you've shared with us today. Um, in closing, we just want to let our listeners know, um, Amy will be having a podcast. If you want to hear more about her story, she'll be having a podcast coming out. That's a recording of a webinar that she did recently for the worth community. It's amazing. You're going to love it. Um, It's full of hope and it's full of insight. And so we encourage you to stay tuned for that episode. And if there's anybody out there who has a young daughter or, or if you are young and not married and looking to get married, we encourage you to take a look into this course and see if it's something that um, you would like to invest in. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Healing with Worth. Make sure to visit our website, healingwithworth.org to enroll in a therapist-led support group or to check out our blog. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or wherever you may listen or simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next week for a new episode because you are worth it.